0: Even before we start the sermon, I would uh, request you, uh, if you are not in the habit of taking down notes, uh, I would encourage you that if you do this, it will help you, it will strengthen you, just taking down the notes and going through those notes uh, will help us in the days to come. Uh, Last year, we completed a series on Romans. You know, we cover chapters 1 to 7, and uh, these chapters, they explain the wonderful truths of the gospel. We saw about uh, justification by faith, union with Christ, and salvation through Jesus Christ alone. Uh, I will endeavor to continue with the series starting from chapter Eight, Romans chapter 8 is without doubt one of the best-known, best-loved chapters of the Bible. People have praised this chapter in different ways. Some have praised Romans chapter 8 as the tree of life in the midst of the Garden of Eden. That's how they're praised. Some have said, the highest peak in a range of mountains and it goes on and on. Interestingly, this chapter has no imperative. In other words, this chapter does not have any commands. Do this, don't this, don't do this. You don't find this in this chapter. Yet this chapter describes what it means to be a Christian. It's quite interesting. Without giving any imperative, this chapter explains what it means to be a Christian. So when we go through this entire chapter, we find a detailed description of the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the word pneuma occurs 19 times in this chapter. As a Pentecostal church, it is important for us to understand, know, and experience the work of the Holy Spirit. In this chapter, Paul is talking about life in the Holy Spirit. Life in which I don't know how I got muted, I don't know. In this chapter, Paul explains life in the Holy Spirit, life in which the Holy Spirit guides so constantly that there is no need for a string of commandments. There is no need even for a single commandment, command where the Holy Spirit guides us so constantly. Basically, if you look at our faith, Christianity is not more about our mind matter or will mind matters. But more than that, Christianity is primarily a matter of the heart. And that's one of the reasons why there are no commandments, no commandments in this chapter. You know, when, when the heart is filled When the heart is filled with the Holy Spirit and a heart where the Holy Spirit dwells and a heart which is saturated with the gospel, automatically it brings about a change in our thinking and behavior. It is when our heart is filled with the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit takes control of ourselves there is a change in our very thinking and behavior. Why did people call this chapter a blessed chapter? Why did they say it is the greatest chapter? You now just when we look at the first verse, therefore there is now no condemnation for those For in Christ Jesus, this is the first verse. Then if you go to the last verse, verse 39, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you see the blessings, blessings of this chapter? You know, this chapter assures you and me that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and also no one will be able to separate us from the love of God for those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, the Holy Spirit assures us that our relationship with God is secure. It is not only secure, our relationship with God is, is a settled matter. That's, that's the assurance. Now. The first verse itself says no condemnation. The last verse says no separation from our Heavenly Father. Why? How has it happened? Because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Because of both the God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, both of them are involved. We can say there is no condemnation and no separation for us. Our salvation itself is all by grace. So we can be both humble uh, about ourselves as we are humble about ourselves, we are so much confident in God our Father. Today, we focus our attention only to one particular verse, that is Romans chapter 8, one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, many of us know this chapter by heart at least this verse we know by heart what comes to our mind when we read this there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus so the title of today's message is no condemnation this verse assures you and me that when we stand before our God, the Father, no one will be able to blame us, criticize us, or condemn us. Can you think of a life like that? You know, we are living in a place where we are criticized constantly at home. We are criticized constantly in our workplace. We are constantly, we are being battered in our society. But now, when we stand before God, holy God, Creator God, God who reigns over all the nations. And when we stand before him, there will be no condemnation. Now, now we have to answer three questions before we can understand this verse. Now, who condemns us? Who condemns us? How does he condemn us? And who shields us? Then only we will be able to understand Romans chapter 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So to answer these three questions, who condemns us? How does he condemn us? And who shields us? So I want to go to your Old Testament passage that we find in the book of Zechariah and try to answer these questions. Zechariah chapter 3, just these five verses. As I read, you also read these verses carefully. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, Take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, See, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. This is God's word. So we'll try to find the answers to our questions. The first question is, who condemns us? I assume you all know the story of Job. Job chapter 1, 9 to 11. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. With this verse as a background verse, now let us look at Zechariah chapter 3, 1 and 2. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuked Satan. This verse describes a typical courtroom scene the Lord is seated on the judgment seat and then on one side Joshua the high priest is standing and to his right is Satan. He is ready to accuse him. That's why he's standing there. Most of the time when we talk or think about Satan, we only see him as a tempter. You know, he's the one who tempts me. is the one who tempts me to do this thing wrong, that thing wrong. Uh, maybe we have developed this understanding uh, because from the Lord's prayer, wherein it says, uh, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Uh, This is the understanding we have picked up. But that is not the usual way the Bible refers to Satan. The Hebrew word Satan means an adversary. He's an accuser. Satan's main job is that of an accuser. Uh, today, let's see how he's going to accuse you and me. Whether he's, we will wait for us to stand before God to accuse us, or whether he accuses us even today. Follow the message carefully because we need to understand the role of Satan. Because if you don't understand the role of Satan, we will not be able to get closer to God. Satan is always there to accuse us to discourage us, to give us sleepless nights. That is his main job. And we need to understand the role of Satan. That's why in most of the English translations, you will find words like Satan, the accuser, and the adversary. Now, since we have got used to this idea that Satan is a tempter, he is the one who comes and our word tempts me. That's what the idea that we have developed for a long, long time, maybe right from our childhood days. The moment you think of Satan, you think of your temptation, you will think it is Satan who is bringing about those temptations. I'm not saying Satan doesn't tempt us. But what we have overlooked in this, in this process is the main role of Satan. The main role of Satan is to accuse us because he does his main role so well many of us struggle with so many psychological problems physiological problems without understanding this particular aspect now you might be thinking you know how do we say that satan's main role is as is that of an accuser because in first john 2 1 says my dear children I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. If there is no accuser, then there is no role for an advocate. If there is no case before the judge, if there is no one to accuse us, if there is no one to prosecute us, then there is no need for a defense attorney. There is no need for an advocate. The Bible clearly says, Jesus is our advocate, the righteous one. That clearly shows that Satan's role is that of an accuser. So having settled that, we need to understand even more than temptation, accusation is the main problem we have with the forces of darkness. Accusation is the main problem we have with the forces of darkness. Now let's go back to the courtroom scene where the Lord is seated on his judgment seat. Joshua the high priest is standing and to his right side is Satan ready to accuse him. Now satan wants to accuse joshua the high priest why why does he want to accuse joshua the high priest because joshua the high priest always always represents the people joshua the high priest always represents the people So when we see Joshua, the high priest, dressed in filthy clothes, he represents you and me. Today, it is not Joshua who is standing in filthy clothes before the Lord. It is you and me We are standing before the Lord in filthy clothes. So we are supposed to see ourselves in the high priest. Once you place yourself in the place of high priest, you will understand the meaning of this passage. It is I who is standing before the Lord dressed in filthy
1: clothes. Now, the filthy
0: clothes represent a serious psychological and spiritual problem listen to me carefully today this message is addressed to someone in this community listen to this the filthy garments represent our nightmares many of us struggle with dreams wherein we are clothed insufficiently or at times naked running to take care covered, running to cover ourselves. I hope you'll be able to identify with this. I'm speaking to somebody because we struggle with these dreams. We try to think, why am I struggling with this kind of dream? Wherein I am insufficiently dressed, partly dressed, sometimes naked, running, running. I'm in the midst of a crowd, and I'm running so that I can go and cover myself. Now, what does this signify? This signifies a very, very deep psychological need to be acceptable. Because deep down, we know we are required to have a right relationship with God And we know that we don't have that relationship. We we know, no no one needs to tell us, we don't have that relationship because of our sins and shortcomings. So deep down, our heart is crying out for that relationship. And then we, we struggle. That's what the nightmares represent. And Satan tries to exploit
1: our helplessness.
0: All of us are deeply insecure. We are insecure, always wondering whether we are acceptable or not. You know, if anyone rejects us, especially young people, we feel our world has collapsed. There's nothing more to live in this world you know but if you go to your counselor he will say you are suffering from a low self-esteem but this doesn't help this diagnosis doesn't help us there are times we need to go to your counselor but there are times you need to come to your pastor because this problem is a spiritual problem and we all need a spiritual answer we need to understand When we should go to your doctor, when we should go to your counselor, when we should go to your pastor. In the earlier days, pastor tried to do the role of everyone. They tried to do the role of a counselor and uh, they tried to uh, do the role of a doctor. Uh, That's not the way God has ordained. God has ordained for each one his own role. And this particular nightmares, it is a spiritual problem and you need to find a spiritual answer and that answer is there in Romans 8 1 therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus when you have dreams like this you need to remind yourself there is now no condemnation for me because I am in Christ Jesus We saw who condemns us. Now how does he condemn us? How does he condemn us? I said Satan is not going to wait for that day when he can condemn us before our God. He continues to condemn us right now. Today he is condemning us because deep down we are. We know we are supposed to lead a perfect life. That's why the Lord Jesus also reminded his disciples in Matthew 5.48, be therefore, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. You know, we, we all know that we are not perfect. We don't need someone else to come and point out this. We all know and we will readily confess that we are imperfect and we have fallen short of God's
1: standards. The years
0: we committed years ago are fresh in our memory. You know, while the things that we did last week, we don't remember
1: is it true or not
0: just the things we did last week we don't remember but the sins we committed the sins we committed years and years decades ago they are so fresh in our memory as though we committed it only yesterday
1: now who brings
0: it to our memory? The things that we did last week, we don't remember, but the sins we committed years ago, we remember. So who brings these things to our memory? Of course, it is Satan. Now, let me explain this, how he brings it to our memory. I'll just give a few illustrations. Because you can go on illustrating, because that is his business. The business of Satan is to accuse us. Now, when you are praying, you know, sincerely you want to pray, you sincerely you desire, oh God, I want to have an intimate relationship with you. The moment you say that, have you heard the accuser? whispering into your ears hey why should God hear you do you think he's going to hear you you know very well he has not answered your prayers and what you get to see a graphic display of your past sins flashing before your eyes
1: Who is?" doing this satan the accuser
0: i'm sure all of us will agree to this when i wanted to pray i do get thoughts like this hey do you think your prayer will going to make any difference from where do you hear this
1: voice do you think your god is waiting for you Do you think you can approach God? Let me give you the second example. When you want to share the gospel,
0: have you tried sharing your gospel with your friends, with your colleagues? And when you want to share, you are so passionate. You want to share the gospel with your colleagues or your close friend. Have you not heard the accuser whispering into your ears hey if only if your friends know who you really are
1: do you really think you are worthy enough to share the gospel
0: hey what right do you have to have the to you have to share the gospel with others your friend is much better than you His life is much better than yours. So from where do you get this voice? Satan is accusing us. He is condemning us. And let me go to the third illustration. When you, the third illustration is, when you face unexpected problems, it could be sickness, it could be loss of a job, or pay cut, or no promotion, or some kind of devastation, you know, when you face situations like this, you get to, you get to hear that whispering voice, you get to hear that voice. Don't you know God is punishing you?
1: Don't you know you don't deserve? That's why God is punishing you. You don't deserve this. Have you not,
0: uh, you know, I'm sure many of us will be able to identify this much closer. There are people in the Christendom who have an answer for every problem, they will tell you exactly why you are suffering. You know, they're just playing the role of an accuser. As the accuser tells you, you are suffering from the sickness because you deserve it. God is punishing you. You have lost this job because you deserve it. God is punishing you. You lost this opportunity because God is against you and you deserve it. And many people play the role of an accuser. Let me request all of us in this community, let's know the role of an accuser and let us not join with him. A God is a loving God. Nothing in this world can separate us from the love of God for those who are in Christ Jesus. Nothing, nothing in this world, nothing in heaven nor in earth, under the sea anyway, can separate us from the love of God for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, let me give you the another illustration. You know, when you are struggling to come out of a sinful condition, I've just put seven deadly sins, Or you are struggling to come break a sinful habit. Have you not heard this whispering voice in your ears? Do you think you are a real Christian? Do you think? You know, see your life, see the way you yourself you are struggling. Do you think you are really a Christian? So I can go on and on you know it is not satan is waiting to accuse us satan is already accusing us if we don't understand if we don't understand this we will fall into his trap he he wants to keep us away from god and we will fall into the trap so satan never stops accusing us even today we are saved it doesn't mean the satan will be all the more active so when when satan wanted to accuse joshua the high priest what was the immediate response of the angel of the lord was it's interesting zechariah 3 4 5 says the angel said to those who were standing before him take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. Now, what is the connection between accusation and clothes? Satan is accusing me of my past sins and what is the connection between that my past sins and clothes? You know when we look at Psalm 132 and verse 9 that gives us the answer. May your trees be clothed with your righteousness. May your faithful people sing for joy. You know in, in the Bible Righteousness refers to right relationship. Righteousness refers to right relationship. What Satan is trying to do here is, our God is a holy God. He is trying to say, Oh God, you're a holy God. How can you have anything to do with this sinful Abraham? See his clothes, they are filthy. How you are calling yourself a holy God, how can you ever say he's your child? So God says, when our relationship with God is assured, the, the fine garments, the the clothes of righteousness represent our right relationship with God. The moment we are assured of our right relationship, of our right standing before God, then Satan will not be able to accuse us. He will not be able to accuse us. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I pray this verse will get deep into our hearts. It will resonate. It will be indelible on 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 our hearts. You know, as Satan tries to accuse us, we will also reply, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We saw who condemns us, and how does he condemn us? And finally, who shields us? Who condemns us? How does he condemn us? And who shields us? I hope till now, we are very clear. I hope you have accepted, understood your existential problems. Uh, this, is, this is for our day-to-day existence how to overcome our depression, our discouragement. You know, this, this, this will help us to sleep well if you we understand this truth very well. If we internalize this truth, we'll be able to face our troubles confidently. Now, who shields us? Now, this is what St. John of Avila, you know, he delivered a sermon in 16th century And this is what he said. God is strong enough to free you from everything and can do you more good than all the devils can do you harm. All that God desires is that you draw near him, that you trust him and distrust yourself and so be helped. And with this help, you will defeat whatever hell brings against you lean upon him because if the lord is not your support and your strength then you will fall it is true those of us who had the experience of walking through the darkest valley you know it is you realize that the hell which is against you you, you come across situations like that when you feel the entire hell, the entire forces of darkness is against you. But he says, if God is for you, nobody can be against you. Now, in chapter 3, if you read Zechariah chapter 3, we come across the phrases like the angel of the Lord, the Lord, the angel of the Lord. Now, the angel of the Lord is not the angel Michael, or the angel of the Lord does not refer to the angel Gabriel. Then who is this angel of the Lord? In the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord always refers to the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord always refers to the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Now let's go to Zechariah chapter three, four to five. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin and I'll put fine garments on you. And I said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with the angel of the Lord stood by
1: while the angel of the Lord stood there. Jesus, the the pre-incarnate Jesus standing there.
0: Now the question is, so when we are confronted with these accusations, when Satan reminds us of our confessed sins, The sins that we have confessed, listen to this carefully. I'm not talking about unconfessed sins. The sins that we have confessed and for which we have received forgiveness, then when Satan reminds us of those sins, what should we do? You know, Zechariah chapter 3 verse 2 gives the answer. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? It's not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire. You know, it is true that we all are like burning sticks snatched
1: from the fire.
0: We We were like sticks burning in a fire. You would have heard me telling you repeatedly, We need to understand our salvation rightly and correctly. Salvation is by grace. We need to understand this. We need to experience the salvation. It is not an intellectual consent. Jesus came, he died for my sins, so I accept. It's not that. It's from our heart when you and I realize we were like burning sticks. We were like sticks in a
1: fire. We Can you ever
0: imagine yeah, whether a stick will be able to save itself? Can you ever imagine a burning stick
1: that could save itself? That was our position. So we need a savior.
0: If we are burning in fire, we need a rescuer. We need a savior. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? You know, God is reminding Satan, hey, Satan, you're accusing him, but don't you know? This man was a burning stick snatched from the fire. Yeah, you are talking about his past sins. You are talking about his past life. You are talking about his failures, his shortcomings. Do you you think I don't know that?
1: I know that. You know,
0: whenever, once you realize you are a burning stick snatched from the fire. You should also accept that you will always remain partly charred and black and
1: black. You will, you will remain
0: partly charred and black. Though we have been saved, we all have a charred and black past. And Satan wants to take full advantage of this. That is why he keeps reminding you, day in and day out, he keeps reminding you. Every time you kneel down, he'll remind you. Every time you want to do something for God, he will remind you. Every time you want to share the gospel, he will remind you. And many of us, we listen to him so nicely. We will rather not pray, we will stop praying instead of wrestling with him. We will stop sharing the gospel instead of going ahead and sharing the gospel with others because he is trying to take full advantage of this our past which is partly charred and black. Now what should we do? When Satan is doing all this, what should we do? The only way we can face the accuser is to face him up front, look at his face, and tell him, you are right, Satan. In fact, you are reminding me of sins. In fact, my sins are worse than this. Satan, the sins you are reminding me are much lighter, compared to the sins I've committed. They are worse than the sins you're reminding me. But Satan, remember this, I have been bought with the blood of Jesus. I have been bought. I have been plucked out from that fire. I am a burning stick. I was a burning stick that was snatched from the fire. You know who did it? My Lord Jesus did it for me. So Satan, when I come to kneel down, I don't come based on my record. I kneel down here based on the righteousness of Jesus. I know my record. I know it very well, Satan. You don't have to remind me. I know it very well. When I'm sharing the gospel, it is not because of who I am. It is because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. That is why I share the gospel. I do things because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I know I had filthy garments, but you know the kind of garments that Jesus has given me? The garments of righteousness. I hope you have internalized this message. It is very important. For us to realize, therefore, there is now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who condemns us? How does he condemn us? Who shields us? Now, before I go to the application part, I would request all of us to listen to this song I have requested Ramya to sing. I want you to pay close attention to the lyrics and we'll get back to the application part.
2: I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. Ooh, oh. you say I am loved, but I can feel pain. You say I am strong, but I think I am weak. You say I am held, but I. You have every failure, God. You have every victory.
0: Thank you, Ramia, for the song. Uh, If you have uh, noticed the lyrics carefully, uh, it says, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I am not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. I hope you'll be able to identify yourself with the song, the reality, the existential problems that we face in this world. And the freedom that Jesus has won for you and me. The work that we have in Jesus. So when we come, when we read this verse, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How how do you apply it in your practical life? The first thing, remind Satan. He is the accuser. He is there 24-7 to accuse you. So remind him whenever satan reminds you of your past failures past confessed sins face him up front. don't run away or don't run along with him face him up front and tell him oh satan it is still worse than that my life i was a burning stick i was in the fire you know my condition it was worse than that i was a leper But you know what Jesus did for me. You know the work on the cross. You know the blood that he shed for me. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? The very name of Jesus will make him run away from from the vicinity. The very name, there is power in the name of Jesus. It is not simply mechanically you take that name. When you know you are a burning stick that was snatched from the fire and you know who did it and when you tell him Jesus, he has no right, no right to condemn you, no right to accuse you, no right to torment you, then you can say, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is not enough to remind Satan alone, remind yourself. Why should you remind yourself? Because if anything in your life, maybe failure, maybe setbacks, maybe sickness, maybe criticism, it keeps you down. You know, when somebody criticizes us, yes, we get upset. But if it goes, if it's if it is to put you down, if you're going to be down, spending sleepless night thinking about that. You know, when you are when you spend sleepless nights, what thoughts come to your mind? You need to take those thoughts and you have to fight your battle. Whenever you have sleepless nights, when you're discouraged, when you're depressed, when you feel I don't have any interest in this life, I don't think there is a purpose for my life because you think your worth comes because of your success, because of your fame, because of your name, because of your accomplishment. You think your worth comes because of the money you have. Pitiful we are, if this is our thinking. You know, if this is what we are looking for, we are pitiful unless we understand the salvation rightly. I was a stick burning in fire. My Lord Jesus gave his life to snatch me out from that fire. When you understand your true condition, and when you realize what Jesus has done for you, you you're not going to build your life on these issues. Issues like my success, my reputation. People will always criticize you. There are more people to criticize us than to encourage us in this world. People will always tell you are a failure. Your children are a failure. If your worth comes because of your children, then remember you're building your identity on the wrong basis. When you think in your job you have failed and you have lost the purpose of your life, you're building your life on your achievements. Because if this is the case, you'll be always looking for a better job. You'll be looking for a better house. You'll be looking for a better children. You'll be looking for a wrinkle-free face. You will be looking for a pimple-free face and you'll be running from one place to another place because your work comes because of these things. You might say with your mouth, my identity is in Christ Jesus, but it has not penetrated your heart. This morning, I want the identity of Christ to penetrate our heart. We are like sticks burning in a fire that has been snatched from our loving God. Our identity is in Christ Jesus. I may lose everything. That's what Job said. You know, we may lose, I may lose my job, I may lose my reputation, I may lose my health, I may lose everything. But my identity is in Christ Jesus and nobody can take this Jesus from me. You can take my job, you can take my health, you can take my money, you can take my wealth, you can take my reputation, you can take my ministry. You can take everything, but you cannot take Jesus from me. And I, you have to keep reminding yourself all the time. Otherwise, in India, we keep building our lives on some false idols. Our job, our reputation, our money, our children... Our children are well settled. We think well, we have achieved something in this world. Oh, no, not at all. It is good. Those are all good things. But our identity is in Christ Jesus for what he has done. He, I was burning. If you understand your real condition, if I understand my real condition, if I understand my filthy garments, you know, there is nothing that will make me restless because God has clothed me with his righteousness. This is what is known as Jesus Christ is my identity. I'm ready to crucify myself because Jesus Christ is my identity. And therefore, we'll be able to say, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I pray that you will take this verse and keep meditating on it. And keep telling yourself, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We saw who condemns us. Satan constantly continues to condemn us, accuse us, and how Jesus Christ shields us, protects us, has saved us. So we, unless we understand this, we cannot lead a true Christian life. Christian life is a glorious life, a joyful life. Today, if you are depressed, Today, if you're discouraged, today, if you're the person who is struggling with nightmares, I tell you, tell yourself, there is, there is, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are struggling in your life, tell yourself as to who you are in Christ Jesus and what Jesus has done for you. He is a loving God, gracious God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God for those who are in Christ Jesus very
1: good very
0: good over to pastor Premko.
3: praise the Lord uh we want to thank God thank you pastor for this beautiful reminder from God's word um before I pray I wanted to remind all of us you know that uh, the person who is living in us is God himself through Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Satan doesn't want us to believe it and enjoy that presence and enjoy that glory. So at this time, a beautiful reminder has come how we are not condemned because of Jesus. Satan may condemn us. He may bring all of our past before us but only Jesus shields us. May you and I always remember this. Yes, my dear brother, my dear sister, we as pastors are there. As pastor said, there are, there are doctors, there are counselors, and there are pastors. Each one has got a role to play. And may God give you the wisdom to identify to whom you should go you know, for help when you are in any emotional need, physical need in your life or spiritual need. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this beautiful morning. We thank you there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Lord, we thank you that you reminded us we are people of the Spirit. Father, you have redeemed us. You have, Father, Master, washed us with your precious blood You have made us your children. We are sticks, burning sticks snatched from the fire. We thank you Lord. Father, we may Lord have the black marks and the scars but we thank you that you took the scars on your body that we may be free from condemnation. Father, I pray for our community. Lord, anyone struggling with self-identity Lord Master with self-esteem, Lord Master with self-worth, Lord feeling dejected, Lord uh, feeling I cannot measure up to be a servant of God. I cannot measure up to be, a, uh, to be to serve God. Lord, I pray that this message will continue to speak to them, help them to go through this message, maybe even listen again, Lord and Lord, and strengthen themselves in, through your word. Lord, in you, we are new people. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We thank you. It's only because of you. Today, we are pastors. Lord, only because of you and your acceptance. And I pray that our church, our congregation, who has listened to the message, will walk, oh God, into that, Lord, life that you have kept for them. We pray that you would bless them, Lord. Father, and people will be bold enough, Lord, to come to us when they have a spiritual problem. When they have a spiritual problem, Lord, there is no use in going to a a medical doctor or a counselor. Lord, when they have, Lord, Master, say a psychological problem. Lord, it is important they go to a counselor. When they have a physical problem, it's important they go to a doctor. But when they have a spiritual problem, help them to identify and come to us so that, Lord, we could guide them through your word. Bless us together and build a beautiful community feeling in us, O God. We pray, Lord, Master, in the world which is filled with accusation, sometimes we forget who we are and we condemn others, So, God. Forgive us and cleanse us. Help us to be gracious in our own lives, to accept others and to encourage others. Father, we pray that you would commit, that you would, Lord, even as you have committed yourself to make us into your likeness, help us, Lord, to commit ourselves to walk into that likeness, O God. Father, at this time, Lord, I pray for our Lord community. Father, Lord, Master, we pray for the health of everyone. Lord, there are a few names that I'm going to mention and pray. Remember these names and heal them, Lord. Father, we want to thank you for Lord healing. Lord, uh, some of the people who we've been praying for, Lord, Master. Lord, Dr. Ramya, you healed our oh God. Master, you healed Abilash and family, Asha and family. We healed Ranjita and family, Lord. We want to thank Rene's family you healed. And we want to thank you. thank you for healing Santosh. Father, we pray that you will reach out and touch those who need your healing touch. We as a church pray at this time for Trisha, Lord. Master her leg. Heal her completely and Amen. set her free. May her child be absolutely healed by your divine power. Let your word, healing virtue flow through her body. Lord, I pray for, Lord, my nephew, Divian. Lord, Master, heal him. He's a young boy. Heal him. Heal my friend, Emmanuel. Lord, Master, who was admitted in the hospital with COVID-19. Both of them with COVID. One of them is with Lord in, in, in ICU. Heal, Lord, Emmanuel. Father, we pray that your healing virtue will flow through Danny. Danny's father and father-in-law. Lord, we pray for Devabal and Sunita and Grisel's parents. We pray for Captain Joseph's mother. We pray for Sonny and Judson's father. Lord, we pray for Rini's uncle. Lord, we pray also for Dr. Santosh's uh, Lord, uh, cardio problem. Lord, we pray that your healing virtue will flow through all these bodies. Amen. Heal every one of them of oh God. Anyone else who is not well, heal them. We pray for our dear pastor. We thank you for the improvement in his health. Let your healing power flow through his body completely, Oh God. No trace of anything will be on his body. Your health will spring forth in his body speedily. You will make his bones fat in the name of Jesus. And you will be able to, Lord, carry your burden and your ministry. Lord, Master, that will impact generations to come for your glory. Bless him and sister. Bless their family and keep them covered. We thank you for the leadership. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our children's church teachers of God. We thank you for our children. Lord, we thank you for the questions they ask. Lord, we pray that out of our children will grow. Lord, pastors, evangelists, missionaries, Lord, masters, scientists, and Father, Lord, uh, lawyers, and uh, Father, good uh, good uh, people in the society who will be a blessing, surgeons, and doctors, and engineers. Lord, uh, master, many beautiful, wonderful people useful to the society will rise up to our children. Bless them, bless the teachers, Lord, who are Handling all the classes, knowing them, Lord. Keep them in good health and uh, Lord, their influence will be absolutely positive. The children will remember for years the things they learned from the teachers through the Sunday school. Yes, Lord, we thank you for those who are looking out for a change of job. Enable them, Lord, to get a change of job and those who are struggling, Father, without a job, provide a good job for them, a yes, miracle Jesus. job. Open yes, the door for your children, O oh God. In the midst of all these challenges of economy. Lord, you would bless your children with your blessings. Lord, I pray that you those who are struggling with salary cuts, uh, Lord, master with uncertainty in jobs, comfort them, Lord. May they know that you hold their life. You're a God who will lead them through, Father, Lord. Father, you would uh, be with them in the fire. You will be with them when the floods come. Nothing shall burn them. Nothing shall overcome. Come them, Lord. Nothing will drown them. Lift your children, Lord. You are a God who made Peter to walk on the water and your children will walk over the water. Lord, that is trying to drown them. They will be able to be, Lord, walking through the fire with your presence without being burned to God. Father, we pray for our own land. We've been praying for our land. Help us Lord, and give us a miracle land in this area. We know that, Lord, the earth is the Lord's and fullness thereof and the the world and they dwell there. And we pray for salvation of souls and we also pray for a huge land, a gift of God from your presence. You will do a miracle of God for us. Um, Lord, we pray for our country. Lord, you know, our country is going through some of huge challenges, economy, security, Lord, job losses, uh, job cuts, uh, Lord, and companies closing down and so many, Lord, internal, Lord, problems, uh, communal, uh, Lord, master problems. We pray that you will handle our country. Lord, uh, the church, the believers, the pastors, the evangelists, and everyone who are involved in serving missionaries, involved in serving you. Lord, we will all lift up our voices and pray for our country. You will bless our countries. Lord, you will bring a transformation. Let the gospel spread and reach through the hearts of the people. Lord, we pray, Lord Master, for countries like China, Iran, Saudi, Pakistan, and India, where there are so many religious persecutions, pastors are beaten, murdered, missionaries and evangelists, Lord Master, are hit, Lord. Believers are tortured. Father, be moved with compassion. In the midst of all this, we also find the gospel spreading, growing. Let your Lord, Holy, let your Holy Spirit and let your power be manifested. Amen. Let many signs and wonders happen and the world will know your yes. grace and your love for yes. the people. Yes. Lord, we pray also for our basket club. We thank you. We are able to reach out, Father, for nearly 600 people, 150 families, even an average of four. We are reaching out to 600 people every month. Lord, with provisions, thank you for the vision that you've given to our church. Father, we pray that uh, many people will come forward to stand with us in this ministry to feed this poor people of oh God. Um, Father, we want to help them. Lord, Master, during this time and may through this service help them to know you. We thank you for Sister Chitra, Lord, who is doing a sacrificial work. Father, she has faced the challenges so protect your child. You are a defense, oh God. Father, Lord, this message will continue to speak to her and bless her and help her to carry on that work with your grace and glory father we thank you for our church father we pray that every week you will help us to faithfully worship you until this o- doors are open for us to meet together Lord to worship together in in the school we thank you once again for this time we thank you for this message continue to minister to us and help us to know we are free we are free from condemnation We are free because of you and your love. And in you, we are new creation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.